Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who is and was and is to come. He is the anointed one, the one that broke the back of darkness and of the devil's kingdom. Lord, of your kingdom, there is no end. So, Father, thank you as we look toward a new year. Lord, may it be full of your presence. May it be full of promise. But may it be full of fulfillment in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. These are scriptures. And I'm not going to talk about newness. I mean, we're going in a new year. But I just want to read two scriptures to you as we approach a new year. You can hit the, the, the reset button. You know what I love about God? He'll hit the reset button for you continually. You just keep playing. You know, in baseball, you, you keep playing until someone wins. The longest game in history was 26 innings. Can you imagine? That's playing three games in one. Football, you, they don't. Now, in the playoffs, they'll play until someone wins. But in the regular season, the, you, you can tie. Well, you don't want to tie. Who wins in a tie? Who loses in a tie? Nobody, unless you need that victory to get in the playoffs. That, you, you know, that one little tie there instead of a win costs you the playoffs. And so you don't go anywhere. No, God, God wants you you to play until you win. Well, how long does it take? Like I said earlier, how long are you willing to continue to play and play to win? If you're going to play, play to win. Well, we just want to have everybody happy. We want to give everybody a trophy. We don't want anybody to win or lose. You know, that's the, where do you pick up that concept? Isaiah 42, verse number 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Before something happens, God says, I tell you, I speak it forth. God's way of doing it is he calls those things which be not as though they are. He speaks it before it happens. And as he's speaking it, that's what causes it to happen. He's calling new before they even are there. Now, go one chapter, actually two chapters. No, one chapter, Isaiah 43, verse number 19. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You ever been in the desert? You have been somewhere where it's real hot. What happens when it's real hot and you're walking around? You get thirsty. And if you get thirsty, what do you do? You have a drink of water. Water's still the best thing. You take a drink of water. Well, he said, I will give you a river in the desert, and I'll even make a road in the wilderness. 
That means it, what, what God's saying, he said, I don't care what it's, what it's looking like. I don't care. I'm going to give you a road and a path to go forward in. No matter where it's at, if you're in a desert, I'm going to give you a river. If you're in the wilderness, I'll make a road for you to get through. Praise God. That's God. Now, go to 2 Timothy 2. Point number one, position yourself this year. Before we look at anything else, we need to position ourselves this year to be a vessel of honor for the master's use. We need to be a vessel of honor, not dishonor, a vessel of honor that he can use. No matter where you are in life, no matter what position you have, no matter what job you have, we are here to give God glory and honor him and tell people about Jesus and let people see that we are believers and let people hear that we're believers. Now, we don't want just to hear something because if they're hearing something but they're not seeing something, what they're hearing doesn't mean a thing to them. They need to see something and hear it. Are you following me? If you always complain and you're swearing and backstabbing people and then you turn around and say, you know what, I want to tell you about Jesus and, you know, loving God. Well, (laughs) wait a minute. And you're partying as much as they are? Well, wait a minute. Something's not right here. Are you in 2 Timothy? I'm going to read it out of the New Living, 2 Timothy 2, verses 19 through 22. But God's truth. Amen. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, you know what? Your home's wealthy. You live in a wealthy place. Don't look at, well, you are wealthy. Why? God said you're wealthy. You might not have $13 in your bank account, but God said you're wealthy. You need to start seeing yourself wealthy. That, that where your place is, it's a wealthy place. Praise God. It's wealthy. God won't live in the slums. Now, he'll be with you in the slums. But if, if you read in Revelation, I don't see any slum area in where God's at. Ah, that's not to put anybody down. God's trying to lift us up to a better place. To, are, are you following me? God has streets of gold. Praise the Lord. I haven't seen any streets of gold around here. I've seen cobblestone. I've seen, you know, you see, you've seen poop-filled roads. You see dirt roads. I haven't seen any gold, gold-covered roads yet. No. Can you imagine God's roads are, are gold? What does that tell you about where God, where God is at? If his roads are gold, what do you think everything out? My, oh, Lord. How'd you like to have a doorknob that's a diamond? That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, I don't like that. Well, how about a sapphire? I don't like sapphire. How about a pearl? Well, I don't like pearls. How about a piece of coal then? You know, whatever. 
See, what I love about God, 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 oh, forget it. Let's keep reading. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasion, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. See, if you keep yourself pure, you'll be a vessel for honorable use. What God's saying to us is we are, we are like gold and silver to him. We're not like clay and wood. And, and there, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with something that's wood or clay. I mean, this is wood, right? If this was made of gold, would it play? Not that well. Well, see, that has to be wood. But see, God's calling you gold and silver. If you keep yourselves pure, you will be a special treasure, or excuse me, a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. A utensil that's clean. You ever go to a restaurant and your utensils are dirty? What do you do with those? No, I'll just eat with them. No, you're not going to eat with those nasty utensils. Yesterday, I pulled out, you know, out of the, after you wash your dishes and that, you put them in the basket. and Well, I pulled out a fork out of there, and there's a piece of food stuck on it. I'm like, what in the, who washed that? I'll blame it on my brother because he's been around a lot. He's with my dad right now, you know. (laughs) So I took it, and I, I scraped it off in soap and water and cleaned it up. No, you're not. You don't want a dirty utensil. Isn't that true? Amen. Amen. Run from anything, verse 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, Love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. With what? A pure heart. God's looking for a pure heart. God's looking for a vessel so that he can flow through, a vessel of honor. Now, we already know. Go to 2 Corinthians 4. We already know we're not perfect. God calls us to be mature and, and, and be like him. But... We already know that we don't measure up on our own. Isn't that true? You don't measure up on your own to God. But when he died on the cross and we gave our lives to the Lord, we became a new creation, the Bible says, where the Holy Spirit resides, making us a vessel of honor. Are you hearing me? Are you in 2 Corinthians 4? Good. Verse number, well, we'll start with verse 4, verse 3, verse 2, no, verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Those that are perishing, what, you know what he's saying? The gospel's veiled. They can't, they don't see things like you see it. That's why at times, when we try to explain something that's that's spiritual to someone that's not spiritual. You you could talk to them all all day all night. 
be like somebody that walked in here and starts speaking Russian. Does anybody understand Russian here? And they could speak Russian. They can talk to us in the morning. They can come back in the evening and talk to us. They can come home with us and talk to us. And guess what? You're not going to understand a thing unless God supernaturally gives you the understanding. You're not going to understand it because they're not speaking something properly that you can understand. Now, what? You speak Filipino? Is that a proper term? Okay. Now, if they came in speaking that language, you would understand. You see, God, God speaks the language of of himself, the spiritual language, but that's why he places himself in us so that we can be a vessel of honor. Look at what it says. It says in verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's a whole lot there. Verse number 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. See, if we're a vessel on our, we have this trust. We have God in us, Christ in us. That's the, that's the glory of the vessel. We shine with God's glory. You don't shine on your own, but you shine because he's there and has made you a new creation. Therefore, you are a vessel unto honor. Don't see yourself as a vessel of dishonor. Why have I messed up? Repent. And move on. Keep going. You keep going. Go to the book of Daniel. You look at some of these Old Testament believers who... You can you can rattle off many of them. And these men and, and women, they weren't perfect. They had some issues, but you know what? God flowed through them because they were they were vessels unto honor and they pursued God and wanted to go his way. In Daniel chapter one. Here's four people, and, and we see about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but there's four main people in the book of Daniel that, that we see the life of. And, and these, these men, we don't see anywhere in here that they were dishonorable people. They believed God. They, they were brought into captivity as slaves, but they trusted God. And you see in Daniel, and, and in Daniel chapter 1, they wanted Daniel and his friends to eat something that would make him impure. The dietary laws that, that you can read in the Old Testament, he didn't want the king's delicacies. He said, no, bring us what, what we eat. Bring us some fruit. Bring us vegetable. Bring us those things that we're going to eat. And they and 
the person, the chief eunuch, didn't want to do that because he thought, they're going to kill me. The king's going to kill me. They said, no, bring it. It was like a secret test and see if we're not stronger. They were stronger. Now, I don't know if it was just because of the food itself. Hear what I'm saying? I don't know. Sure, you eat the right foods, it, it, it helps tremendously. But these, the, Daniel, they, he was committed to God. And so God exalted him and raised him so that people could see that. Go in verse 18. Well, Verse 14, so he consented with them in this manner and tested them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were drink, that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skills in all wisdom and lit- in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought to the chief, you know, when you come before the chief, when you come before the boss, the head, you're not going to, you know, you're not real cocky and, no, <laughs> You come, you're respectful, and you want, oh, what are they going to say? So that they should be brought in the inn. The chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. He's the big guy. Then the king interviewed them. Interviewed them. You see that. Don't be afraid of interviews. And among them, all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Meshiel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me just call them like that. Save time. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in this, all this realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. What happened? The, They were promoted. Usually you read and they got promotions. Why? Because they served God. You read in another part that Daniel had an excellent spirit about him. That means he, he had the character. He was a vessel on honor that he wasn't going to dirty himself. How many, how many need gas in their vehicle? Right now. You need gas, and you think, man, I'd probably stop and get some gas on the way home. Are you going to put water in there? How about tea? Soda? Soda, yeah, put some soda in your gas tank. See what happens. No, don't do that. Please don't. No, you put gasoline in there. How about if you put oil in the gas tank? Yeah, but do other parts of your car need oil? You don't put it in the gas tank? No. You put in what you need, what works. You continue to put in your vessel who God has made 
as, as an honorable, you continue to put the word of God. You continue to walk in wisdom. You continue to walk having character, that you're not going to defy yourself, defile yourself, that you're not going to do those things that other people around you want to do or want you to do or you, you get the message. Why? Because if you do that, you'll start seeing things. In, in the life of Joseph, I'm, I'm starting to study the life of Joseph a little bit. Joseph was the favorite. And there, for reasons, and we won't get into that right now. His father made him a coat of many colors. His brothers despised him. He has a dream. Actually, he had two dreams. And told them both times that the dream, they were going to bow down to him. Well, that didn't go over too well. I can't see anywhere in the book of Genesis that Joseph did anything outside of maybe he should have kept his mouth shut a little bit about the dreams. Young boy or young, young teenager, he was excited about God showing him something, so he thought maybe his brothers would be excited too. They weren't excited. You know the story. They threw him in a, in a hole. They sold him then to the Ishmaelites. But what happened to Joseph? In prison, he, he kept rising. Why? Because he, another guy that had an excellent spirit about him who loved God and followed God. Now, go to Genesis 50. Go to the end here. Sometimes our lives take some weird paths. We deal with things, and, and, and sometimes we deal with them good. Sometimes we don't deal with things so good. And, and, but... but if, if we continue to press forward, if we continue to go God's way, you might have some setbacks. You might even get mad and flesh out and whatever. You might have times that, that you're just having, that you're, you're not really trusting God. You're, you're not in faith, and, and, and you know it, and you think, man. And, and you go through periods. Some periods of time are better than others. But if, but if you keep going, what's God looking for? He's looking for consistency. He's looking for you to, to get back up on the road, look, get back and walk with him, get back and let him walk with you. And are, are you following me? Well, you go to Genesis 50. Their father, finally, he passes away. Jacob passes away. They bury him. They, they mourn. Verse 15 in Genesis 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, (laughs) in their mind, he's the only thing that's keeping back Joseph from really taking revenge or, or, or doing to them what whatever he could. Remember, he's second in command. He could pretty much do anything he wanted to to his brothers. And so the father dies, and they're thinking, oh, we're going to get it now. Oh, after all these years, he's going to get back with us. Well, let's keep reading. It says, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Wow. Can you imagine how many years went by from the time they put him in the well or that hole to the day they sold him? How many years have, had gone by? 
I'm not sure. Many years. Many. Many, many years. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded. Oh, see, now they're quoting her father. He commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of, of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Why did Joseph weep? Because he had a soft heart. He didn't want to have revenge on his brothers. Look at what he says here. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. There might be some evil things that come your way, but God will mean it for good. God will turn it for good. That's what I love about God. God is always in the turning business. That's why you're, you're the comeback player of the year. He's, gonna, he's doing something. It might have been meant for evil, but God said, no, uh-uh, I mean it for good. That doesn't mean God, it was God's will that you broke your, your leg and... and Got stabbed in the heart, and you had quadruple bypass. And are you following me? But God said, "You know what? Uh-uh. I'm going to turn it for good. In order, listen to this. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Let me ask you something: If they never sold sold Joseph into slavery, would would he have gotten to where he was? We don't know." I don't know. I'm not even going to, well, yes, he would have still because, no, maybe God would have done something different. We don't know. We just know God turned it for good and in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. He saved the whole nation. See, you you can't go back and say, well, what if? You know what? Those what ifs don't mean a hill of beans today. What if? The only thing about what if, well, if God's still dealing with it, then, then get on the right road. That's it. I mean, we can't change the past. You ever watch a movie about, and I like movies like that, where they go in the, they go in the past, they go in, and, and they start messing with the, you know, let me go back 50 years and change that. You're not just changing one little thing. It might be one little thing 50 years ago, and it, (laughs) no, God doesn't work in the past. You have what today? If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Not, he didn't say if tomorrow you hear his voice. Do you understand tomorrow doesn't really exist? It exists in, we know that the future's out there. And we know we plan, and, and, and we're, we're calling those things which be not as though they are. We know that the future is out there, but you don't, it's not, you don't have tomorrow. You only have today. doesn't mean you don't plan for tomorrow. What I'm saying is you can't live tomorrow. You can only live today. You can't live September 3rd, 2014 anymore. It's past. Where did I pick that date? I have no idea. 
You can't. It, why? It's the pant. You have today. So it, today, you make today count. Well, amen. All right. I'll go to point three, which you don't know it's point three. Point two, and I'll make it point two now. Know that God, and I'm going to close in a few minutes, know that God is wanting to open new doors of opportunity to, for each of us. I, he is. There's things that, that 2019 will bring that will have, there'll be doors. If you don't open a door, or if the door doesn't open, how do you go through? If the door opens, if, if a door opens, say you're, you're somewhere that you don't know. You're in a room, and there's three doors in the room. And you open door number one. This isn't, let's make a deal, but you open door number one, you look, and you can't really see it. It's dark out there. You open door number two, it's dark. Can't see. You open door number three, it's dark. You do, and, and you think, what in the world? Well, what door should I go through? You can roll dice. If you roll one and two, you go through door number one. If you roll three and four, you go through door number two. And if you roll five or six, you go to door number three. You could do that. You roll dice. Oh, roll a five. I'll go through door number three. You could do that. Or you can get the, the wisdom of God and, and get an impression. Well, I, I, you know, maybe I think I should go through door number two. You go through door number two, and you take three steps, and you fall. And, 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 and you're sliding down a slide, and you're thinking, what in the world? And, and you end up... You end up in the back somewhere, and you think, where in the world am I? Door number two. What? Man, maybe I heard wrong. Now what do I do? And you're, you know, it reminded me when the first time I went to India with Pastor Mike, Kel. We had no way to, we're in the hotel. Well, we didn't have a tag. There was no way we had reservations for a hotel we had nowhere to get, no way to get there. No, and so, we're, and I think that there was a couple of Indian men, they saw that we were wandering around, and they said, here, follow us. <laughs> well, think how dumb that is. Could be real dumb. So we did. And, I, and I'm thinking, you know, you're in a foreign, you, nobody... You know what I did? I started praying in the spirit. They open up a door. We're in the we're in the we're in the airport. Open up a door. The door leading to a back alley. Well, you know, back alley. I didn't even know there's the door to the airport that can lead to a back alley. You know, we're walking in. So we're following. We're in an alley, and I'm thinking. You know, I didn't come to India to get robbed. I didn't come to India to die. I didn't get to come to India, to, you know, never to be heard from again because uh, I went through a back door at an airport into an alley, and we disappeared. And we're, and then we walk, and there's, and there's all kinds of taxis in that. Guy was a taxi driver. 
Where are you going? And we know the name of the whole, and they didn't really speak hardly any English. And I said, you know, they, we hop in the taxi, put the suitcases in, and we're driving. Yeah, they, this, you, that was pretty good. You, how they, you don't know if they're saying yes or no. They just kind of like a bobblehead. That's just how they do it. And, yeah. and now we're driving a car. You know what? I'm thinking, where in the world? <laughs> Some parts of India are rough, and we're just, God. <laughs> and, we're tra- and it was just a very unscenic route. Looked like the slide. It was, oh, my God, where, where are we going? What, what the hotel? Oh, my God, we're driving. And, and all of a sudden, he makes a turn and go around. And we see this hotel, like a five-star hotel. <laughs> like, what? Where, where in the, it, they just drop a hotel in the middle of, you know. We're like, man, this is nice. Praise God. We get out. Then you think, and then there's a guy about eight feet five. Come out. Man, they got machine guns, and you think... They're waving little wands under the taxi, and well, they're checking for explosives. And yeah. But you know what? We got to where we were going, but it was a very, it wouldn't be the way that I thought we were going to get to where we're going. And then the next day, we had to hop on another plane, and we finally got to where we were going. But, and you think, <laughs> what in the world? But see, that door number two that you slid down, and you think, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. But little did you know that you, you, you walked a mile and then you met somebody. And they took you somewhere that was actually, it was a divine appointment that got you not only where you thought you were going, but it got you something way beyond you ever could have dreamed of. And you think, see, it's not always how it looks. That's why we walk by faith and not by natural sight because it can look crazy. It can look something different. But when you walk by faith, you see something different. You see, you might not see it in the natural, but you know that the Lord is with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's with me till the end. And bless God, he's leading you. He's, uh, he's giving you a road in the wilderness, a river in the desert that you thought there is no way that how in the world could I ever get out of this but he did it revelation 3 go to revelation 3 verse 8 that's just (laughs) that's why if we'll be bold in our faith bold in witnessing bold in just proclaiming jesus you know he'll get he'll he'll do things for you that'll just It'll, it'll boggle your natural mind. I know your works, Revelation 3.8. See, I've set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. And in the Bible, in this Bible, it's underlined, and no one can shut it. 
for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. So I'll open up a door for you, what? That no, nobody can shut. And there's not a demon out there that can shut that door. Why? He says, you have a little strength. You've kept my word and have not denied my name. You've kept the name of Jesus. You've kept to the word of God. Even though you think, how is this going to happen? It doesn't look like anything's happening. You know, I forget the type of tree. I don't know if it's bamboo, but it's a tree. You plant it, and it doesn't, for several years, it doesn't really grow. Hmm? Is it bamboo? You know, just hardly anything. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, just. Well, it might be, you you might be in there where it's just like, man, my God, nothing. And all of a sudden. See, when you see someone and you think, man, where, they just got shot out of a can. And where did they come from? You don't know the years. You don't know the times of sacrifice and, and just staying Committed, staying faithful day after day, week after week, year after year, and all of a sudden, you know, oh, they caught their break. You know, no, they didn't catch their break. God opened the door that no man can shut. But sometimes he's waiting. He needs a little bit more character so that when something comes our way, we have the fortitude and the, the inward strength for it not to destroy you. Not to let it get to you where, because sometimes success success can kill people. You look at many athletes, not all of them, many athletes, they have success. Do you know, I forget the statistic, it's very high of ex-athletes who are broke, who bankrupt, I was at the gym yesterday. We worked out together. And then when I first got there, I was, there was a man with a walker. And he was just sitting there, and he was all red, and he reeked of cigarette smoke. Now, I've talked to him briefly w- once before. I said, sir, are you okay? Because it looked like, you know, maybe we should call 911. And he told me the story. He had a stroke. Um, I said, and, he, and then he said, I just got out of the hospital. I had a hernia surgery. He just got out of the hospital like yesterday. Or no, Friday, because I was talking to him yesterday. And I, I'm like, sir, um, you probably shouldn't be working out today. If you just got out of the hospital from a hernia surgery, I said, you shouldn't be working out. And he looked at me. He said, I didn't work out. I came here to shower. I said, you came here to shower? I said, you know, why don't you shower at home? He said, I live in, I'm living in my car. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. He said, I have no family, nothing. And I just... And I've seen him there before. I've, I've, talked, I've talked to him twice. He comes there, he, he took a shower, he was brushing his teeth when I left. 
and man, I felt. But he had a stroke, and he, he said, you know what? I had a lot of money at one time. I blew it all. I just blew it all. He said, I've lived a, a good life, a decent life, and, and I'm thinking, you may have lived, a de- but you're not living a decent life right now. And I felt, I said, I said, you can't go somewhere or, you know, I just, and I don't know, and I, and I didn't talk to him anymore, and I just, I'm going to be praying for that man and just, because he needs somewhere to go. And there's got to be places in this area that he can go to. Now, I don't know if he wants to, and that's, a, that's another thing. But I, you, you look at that, see, God said I'll open up a door that no one can shut. Not that I'll shut every door that, and you can't go anywhere. Are, are you following me? And God, God doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care about all the success of your path, past. He doesn't care about your failures of your past. Did you know that? He, what doesn't matter to God? You could have had all the success in the world, but now he's looking at, you know, in two days we go into a new year. He, Every day is new as far as God's concerned. We could have great success or great failure, but that doesn't matter to God. Now, we can build on success. We can, you can even build on past failure. You can build upon those things because you learn what not to do. That's why it's important. And Catherine always said, man, I like talking to older people. See, she's at the age now. She's realizing, you know, older people, you know, well, we're all older people, pretty much to her. But you know, if you're forty or fifty, forget it. You know, my and my dad's ninety three. You know, he's like the ancient of days. But she loves talking to my dad because the wisdom and, and just what they've gone through and what they've seen. You can learn a lot. Go to First Corinthians sixteen. We'll close. 1 Corinthians 16, the year to come back. Praise God. Remember what Bobby Jean said, it's a year of warring. Warring for what? Warring so that you succeed. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a battle. It's a battle. In war, someone should win, someone should lose. Right? I mean, usually if you go to war, if you go to war, you're going to war to win. You're going to war to change things. You don't go into war to lose, and you don't go into war to get damaged. And then, no, you go, if you're going into warfare, you're going into warfare to come out on the other side successful. Are are you following me? The weapons of our warfare are not kind. There's warfare out there. There's combat out there. There's combat in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 16. 16? Okay. Verse number 9. And here's what it says. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Apostle Paul writing, 
he had great doors open for him. But look at what he says. And there are many adversaries. Life has, you know, without a battle, how do you, without resistance, how do you, you can't build muscle without resistance that I know of. Is that, am I right? Don't you need resistance to build muscle, Alex? You need resistance. You know, now, you know, electrical stimulation. No. You need resistance to, to get stronger. Weightlifting. Are you sore today? Yeah. <laughs> I am a little bit too. Resistant. You need to read. It's called resistance training. Resistance makes you grow. You know what? There's, resist- there's adversaries out there. There's resistance coming against you. There are things trying to push you to not succeed. There are things out there pushing you to failure. There are people out there that want you to fail. And you think sometimes they're for you, but they, they're jealous and they want you to fail. There, for a great and effective door is open. There are doors opening. There, and, and you know what? They're going to be effective doors. They're going to be something good, but there's, there's an adversaries. You know, like the one, two, door number one, two, and three, I said they're dark. They're all dark. Say that you saw all three doors, and there was great light, and you could see in the distance, and it all looked good. But in the one door, door number three, back there, there, were, there was people out there, and you thought, what in the world? People out there with swords and guns, and, and they're pointing them to you, at you. Like, well, in a natural, you're not going to go th- through door number three because you go through there, and there's people out there that point a gun at you, and they're, they're, they're swinging a sword around, and they're pointing to you, and they're going like this. Well, you probably won't go through door number three. All right? And you think, oh. Door number two, look at all oh, sunshine. It's beautiful. Oh, beach. There's a beach out there. And, oh. and door number one has a beach, and all is beautiful. And then there's also people with guns and knives and all that, and they're doing the same thing as door number three. But then you think, okay, what door am I going to? Well, door, you see, in the net, door number two, that's the least resistant, and it's beautiful. Sometimes he didn't want you to go through door number three. It's the, it's, there's the most resistance there, and you think, there's no way that any normal human being would do that. Well, you're not normal human being. Did you know that? You're not normal. One more verse. That's it. Tadalestai. I hear people laughing at me. Laughing with me. Thank you. See, maybe I need them because now I don't even remember what I wanted to share. (sighs) Brother. So maybe we'll just end right now. I completely don't remember what what I wanted to say. No, I know I was talking about resistance, and I was going to go to 1 Corinthians 3. I thought it was in chapter 3. All right, we'll close. Oh, here it is. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. He says, 
Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 3, verse, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and division among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? God didn't call you to be a mere man or woman. You're acting like a mere man. No, you're like a superman or superwoman, supernatural. That's who God, God, you're not a mere person. God's got something greater than that. We're not a mere person. You think about all the people, what they do out there without God. And in the natural, it looks awesome. But you know what? Let's do it with God. And if nobody ever knows your name, or you don't ever become famous, God knows your name. And I pray demons know our name. They know. Oh, God, Ethel is up. You know, we don't like Ethel at the beginning, but she's on the war path today. So you know what? We are not going anywhere near Ethel. We're not going down the roadway. We're not going anywhere around here. What road is she traveling on today? 75? You know what? Stay off at 75. Don't even deal with her. We'll go to I-4 instead. Well, Ethel's driving. You know, praise God. That's how it should be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, Lord. Lord, as we approach what you have for us in this new year. Lord, thank you. Not only are we encouraged, but Father, we'll stand and having done all to stand. Lord, thank you that we are vessels unto honor. And Lord, because we're a vessel unto honor, Lord, you're opening up doors that no man, no devil can shut. And, Lord, that we'll learn how to walk through those doors. Lord, we'll know exactly what way to go. And, Lord, even if there's great resistance, great trouble, Lord, you're able to make a river in the desert, a road in the wilderness, so, Lord, it doesn't matter. Lord, we see in some of the men of, of, of yesteryear in the Old Testament, like Daniel and Joseph, what you did for them. Lord, just like Joseph said, you made it out for evil. But God made it for good. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are the comeback players of the year. And, Lord, you're making it for good in our lives in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now we'll receive our tithes and offerings. Praise the Lord. Give. Why? It'll